following message is presented by Community Gospel Church in Bremen, Indiana. It is our great privilege to share this ministry with you. We in no way intend for this to be a replacement for the local church. It is our prayer that this would serve as a resource to help make Jesus Christ known in our congregation and other congregations gathering across the world. For more information about Community Gospel Church, visit www.communitygospelchurch.com. Is anybody hot? Yeah. Not yet. If I get there, though, I'll tell you. You'll see me moving. Um, just a disclaimer this morning. We have little ones with us, okay? So, mom and dad, if they get a little wound up, um, there's a huge field behind you, okay? And that's okay if they're running around back there because I can see them, but you can't, right? That'd be all right. If you have your Bible this morning, go ahead and open it to uh, Genesis 16 is where we're going to be at this morning. Genesis chapter 16. I love the outside service because I get to wear my sunglasses. And if the worship team can do it, I figure I should be able to do it too as well, right? And you guys all have them on. So it's all good. Say amen. amen. All right. So here's, uh, here's where we're going to be at this morning. We're going to be at Genesis chapter 16. Uh, Bethany and I, when the planets align and all is well with the world... Uh, and the kids go to bed at the right time and actually go to bed and fall asleep. Uh, we get the opportunity uh, to watch a movie together. Sometimes we get to watch the whole movie and sometimes we get to watch half the movie. And you know how that goes, Mom and Dad, right? But the other night we got the opportunity to watch the entire movie. And uh, we were watching this, this film on the, the first cross-country team. And uh, just essentially how it came to be. And how all this, uh, this coach uh, believed in this team and the whole nine yards. Uh, the amazing thing was, when we were watching it and sitting there watching that film, uh, the, the runners all start with a starting pistol, right? You know that, those of you who are in track. And I'm watching these guys, and there's one section in the film where the guy says, now I'm going to put the starting pistol in the air. When I see that everybody's set and ready to go, I'll fire the gun and then you can go. Now, if somebody were standing on that line and they were going to get ready to go and they went before the gun, we call that what? They what? False start. They also jumped the gun, didn't they? That goes way back to when track used to start with with the gunshot. We would say they jumped the gun. And if we go to Genesis chapter 16, we see that there's a story in there about Abram and Sarai And all of these people who jumped the gun on God's plans. Even this week we were sitting and watching some of the things that have manifested in our society. And it's amazing if we look at all the things that are happening in our world and have happened in our world and are going to happen in our world. A lot of the problems in our world come because we've jumped the gun. We're impatient and we look at God and we say, you know what God... uh, you're, you're a good God, and, and we kind of get that stuff. But sometimes we think that our plans are better than God's plans, and we jump the gun. We're not at the line set and waiting and watching the one who is in control of the start of the race. And so what happens is we get into situations and circumstances where we have problems. And we wonder why we have problems. And God looks at us and he says, you have problems because you jumped the gun on my plans. In Genesis chapter 16, go to... Verse 1, and we'll start there. It says, Now Sarah, Abraham's wife, Abram's wife, excuse me, Sarai, 
and Sarai being that which is also called Sarah, and Abram being that which is also called Abram, or Abraham, excuse me, are given these, these new names later on down the line. But they born him no children. So Sarai is barren, and she had a female Egyptian servant whose name was what? What was her name? Hagar. Hagar. Look at your neighbor and say Hagar. Okay? Sarai said to Abram, Behold now, the Lord has prevented me from bearing children. Go in my servant, so it may be that I shall obtain children by her. So Sarah's getting a little bit impatient. Abram listened to the voice of Sarai. Man, we get in trouble when we listen to women sometimes, don't we? Adam with Eve, Abram with Sarai. We'll just stop there, okay? We don't want to get in any more trouble here this morning. So, after Abram, verse 3, had lived 10 years in the land of Canaan, Sarai, Abram's wife, took Hagar, the Egyptian, her servant, and gave her to Abram, her husband, as a wife. Verse 4. He went into Hagar, and she conceived, and when she saw that she had conceived, she looked with contempt on her mistress. In other words, she was mad at her. Isn't it funny? Sarah's got this plan in her head, and she says, Abram, I think you should do this thing. He goes and does that thing, and all of a sudden, she's mad at him for doing it. Been there? Right? Guys, been there? Okay. Five, Sarah says to Abram, may the wrong done to me be on you. I gave my servant to your embrace, and when she saw that she had conceived, she looked on me with contempt, and may the Lord judge between you and me. But Abram said to Sarai, behold, your servant is in your power. Do to her as you please. Then Sarai dealt harshly with her, and she fled from her. So what happened in the story? What, what takes place in the first six verses that we have right here? Well, we know that Sarai jumps the gun on God's plan. She had been told earlier that they were going to be these, these parents, and Abram was told that he was going to be these, this awesome nation, and things were going to be great, and God had this great, wonderful plan for him, and that plan is slow, and things are slow in the progression, and so the anxiety kicks in, and they get nervous, and all of a sudden they jump the gun on God's plans. And if you're taking notes here with me this morning, the first thing you need to write down in that very first spot is that we need to slow down and listen carefully to exactly that which is what the Lord has said. Slow down and listen carefully. If Abram and Sarai and all the other people in the story, I'm going to even put Hagar in that box would have said, hold on a second, the thing that we're about to do may not bring honor and glory to the Lord. Maybe we should pause a second, listen closely to what God is saying, and be patient. Maybe we need to slow down and listen carefully. Well, why did she jump the gun? Why did Sarah jump the gun? Well, first of all, she's infertile, so she's got to be frustrated. We get that way, don't we? We get frustrated. Because God may have given us a weakness in our life, and we look at that weakness as being something that holds us back. When in reality, the weakness that holds us back could be God's greatest gift to you. Your greatest weakness could be your greatest strength. In Sarai's case, it was something that would have increased her faith because she could have been patient with God and understood that things were working in his time and not with her time. And so she thought God told her husband Abram that their children wouldn't 
come through their line, and that's not true. She believed the lie. We do the same thing. We believe a lie that comes out, and we look at it, and we're like, God, God, same with Adam and Eve. God didn't tell you these things. You perceive them a certain way. And so, therefore, if you're continuing to track with me in the notes, Sarai, we see, validated her own plan. She says, God is not going to work the way that I want him to work. And because he's not going to work the way I want him to work, what I'm going to do is I'm going to validate my own plan or I'm going to justify my own actions. Abram, your God is slow. <laughs> and so because he's slow, I have a better idea. We've ever been there? You ever been there? <laughs> right? We look at it and God, God says, I don't know if you hear my prayers or not. But you're a little slow on the draw here. And so I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to do my own plan. And God says, let's see how that works out. And then we get frustrated. Look at Sarai in the Bible validating her own plan. She looks over, she sees a servant, and she sees that children could be born from this servant. And so she considers it. She looks at her husband. She says, this looks like a good idea. And if the husband said to the servant's wife's son, you are my son, that means he was adopted in the family. So we see that this plan that Sarai has conceived, when she looks at Hagar, she goes, Abram, listen, Hagar is somebody who can bear us children. You can look at that child, you can say, that's my son, and everything's right. Everything goes, goes according to plan. Abram looks at it, he's probably sitting in his easy chair, right? And he's thinking to himself, oh, this works out well for me. I get you and I get her, and hey, we have children. This is good. And it's not good. Abram doesn't think. Sarai doesn't think. Hagar doesn't think. The only thing that they're worried on and focused about is that which is in the present. And they're failing to see the future. We do the same thing, don't we? We focus so much on the present and things that are happening now, we forget about the future. We validate our own plans. We justify the things that we're about to do. Abram, does this sound like a good idea? Sounds like a good idea to me. Hey, Hagar, sound like a good idea? Sounds like a good idea to me. Sounds like a good idea to me because it was my idea. And so she validates her own plan. And while Sarai's suggestion was valid, she fails to see how God can work regardless of the personal problems and the social customs of the day. And God can always do that, can he? I don't know where you're at in your life right now. I don't know what's going on in your life right now. But I know if we slow down and listen to God's voice and be patient on Him and His time, He can come in a mighty way and work regardless of the personal problems that you're facing right now. And He can work regardless of what is happening in society. We look at all the things that are happening in our culture right now, and I understand that my God is still at work. He is still active. He is still moving. He is still alive. And while other people may not see it, I can see it, and I'm going to rest on His promises. Amen? And so we don't validate our own plan like Sarah did. Second thing we see, if you're taking notes, she becomes, because her plan starts to come apart, a little bit bitter and jealous, doesn't she? This always amazes me when I read the story of Abraham and Sarah. Because what happens is, her plan starts to fall apart because Abram says, I'll go ahead and do what you want me to do. And so he goes over to this girl and he says, hey, my name's Abram, my name's Hagar, good to meet you. We're going to have a child together. Okay, that sounds nice. Okay, this is my wife Sarah, she's okay with it. What's going on? And Sarah looks at it and says, okay, you guys go ahead and do your thing. They go off and they do their thing. She comes back and says, Hagar says, I'm pregnant. Sarah gets bitter and jealous. No, duh. Right? She's upset. Of course you're going to be upset. You let your husband go run off with another woman. 
producing something that you cannot produce. And isn't that the way it goes in our relationship with Jesus Christ? We get bitter and jealous when God comes through for somebody else in a way that we wish he would come through for us. When Hagar became pregnant, Hagar got upset with Sarah. Sarah is upset with her. And all of a sudden we have this essential daytime TV situation. And so what happens here is Abram told Sarai she would have to make the situation right. I love that he looks back at her in verse 6 and he says, Hey, woman, you mess this thing up, you got to get this thing figured out and make it right. Now here's the whole problem with the situation in the scenario. Sarai jumps the gun and now she's got a situation that she's got to take care of. She has two choices. She can validate another plan. On her own accord, she can slow down and she can listen to the Lord who has the ability to pull us out of situations that we have gotten ourselves into. And I don't know what situation you're in today. As you sit out here in the lawn, I know that God has set up and appointed a time to meet with you even today. And maybe there's a situation in your life that you're at right now. And as you sit, the sun beats down on you or maybe you're in the shade. You're thinking to yourself, Man, I jumped the gun on God's plan. I didn't slow down. I didn't spend time in the Word. I didn't listen to what the Lord had to offer. I didn't listen closely to His voice. I didn't spend time in prayer. And now I'm finding myself in this situation. I don't know what's going to happen. There's consequences to our sin. But there's also grace from our God. And He looks at it and He says, I can work regardless of the situation you're in. And now what I want you to do is he tells Sarah, as he's telling us even today, regardless of the situation you're in, is I want you to slow down. I want you to listen carefully to the voice of the Lord. How do we do that? How do we do that? First thing, if you're taking notes. First thing is we need to slow down and listen closely. Sarah jumped the gun because she validates her own plan. She becomes bitter and jealous. So how do you not jump the gun on God's plans? How do you backtrack a second, even if you have jumped the gun on God's plans, and listen closely? Well, first thing is, is that we have to understand we have to be patient in our trial, anxious for nothing. Be patient in the trial, anxious for nothing. God used Sarah's trial as a test to build her faith and trust. Whatever you are going through right now today, God is using to build your faith and your trust. He is using that situation in your life to build your faith and trust. He wants you not to be anxious. Some of you can't sleep because you're validating your own path. And you're laying awake thinking, how am I going to fix this? Instead of laying in your bed and giving it over to the Lord and saying, God, you will fix this in your time. Help me to rest in the certainties that you are in control. And while my life lives linear, God does not operate in the time that we operate in. And so he looks at us and he says, I want you to be anxious for nothing. And I want you to be patient in the trials. See, Sarai fails, but she learns in the failure. Let me ask you a question even this morning. Are you learning in the failure? Are you learning in the failure? God wants us to be patient. He wants us to know that he is at work regardless of what we're going through. Let me give you a couple passages of scripture that validate that. Romans chapter 12, verse 12. Be patient in tribulation. And constant in prayer. Be constant in prayer. 
That means every day I am leaning on the dependency of the Lord, knowing that he's in control. And I am asking him and I'm saying, God, I validated my own path. I became bitter and jealous because my way I thought was better than your way. And so please, God, would you help me to just slow down for a minute to listen closely to your voice and lead me in a right understanding. Lead me in the path in which you want me to go. Philippians chapter 4, verse 6 says, The Lord is at hand. Don't be anxious about anything, but in everything, in your prayer, in your supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God who hears your voice. How do we know that He hears our voice? Because He calls us His children. How do we know we're His children? Because when we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart that Jesus Christ is Lord, the Bible tells us that we are adopted into the family of God. And the family of God is better than any family that we've ever been in. And so we look at Him and we say, God, would you help me slow down? Would you help me be patient? Would you help me to hear your voice in Scripture? Would you help me not to become bitter and jealous? Because maybe some things are happening in your life where other people are getting some of the blessings that you want yourself. And God's looking at you and He says, what I want you to do is I want you to be thankful and grateful that other people are getting blessings and understand that yours are coming too. Well, it may not happen in your time, it will happen. Mark Lowry, famous comedian, he says, if you're going through something, don't worry, it'll pass. It will pass or you'll pass. And I think to myself, sometimes... That's when prayers get answered. Sometimes things won't be worked out until eternity comes. When God calls us home. So he tells us here, be patient in trial, anxious for nothing. Remember, prayer smooths the impatient soul. Well, there's another thing that he tells us, as we see it in Genesis chapter 16. He wants you to be an example. So, think about your current situation and what uh, your spot you're in. The thing that you're waiting for. The thing that you're slowing down for and listening to the voice of the Lord for. Maybe something happened in your life and, and, and you had an error and you validated your own path and now you're sitting in grace and you're thinking to yourself, man, how do, I, how do I let the Lord walk here? How do I listen to Him? How do I not be anxious for anything? What do I do? He says, be an example because other people are watching you in your current situation. There are other people who are looking at your situation wondering how are they going to respond. I, I look at Abram and, and Sarah. I look at Hagar. I look at all the characters in this story. And I think as I remove myself from the situation for a second, and I think of all the people who are gathered there, because no doubt Abram had probably revealed to some people that, hey, we're going to be a great nation. He got really excited about it. He's like, God's going to do an amazing work. All of a sudden, his wife kind of ruins that for him, and now all the people are kind of looking in and peeking into his life and saying, what will you do now? What will you do now? And so they have an opportunity to be an example regardless of a mistake that was made, to back up a second and look at it and be an example for other people to follow. Look at how Sarai has ill feelings toward Abram and Hagar. Sarai could have set an example for all to see so that God's hand was moving. And she could have said, hey, I messed up and I understand I messed up, but God is still alive, still active, he's still moving. A patient praying heart sets an example for others to trust in the Lord. How do we know that? The New Testament tells us in 1 Timothy chapter 4 that we should set an example in a couple of ways. Well, it's not your notes or your outline. I would write this down. 1 Timothy chapter 4 verse 12. How do we set an example? 
for other people to follow, regardless of the past, because the past does not dictate the future for you in the family of God. The future is in God's hands. We rest in his understanding. We lean on his grace. And we understand that I am not my own. I am bought with a price. Because I was bought with a price, I'm going to do things that are in my adopted family of God, and I'm not going to let the past define where I'm going. And so 1 Timothy tells us those things that we need to write down. We need to be an example in speech, the way that we talk, in conduct, the way that we walk, in love, the way that we care, in faith, the way that we trust, and in purity. I think about those people who I've seen go through crisis, whether that be cancer, loss of loved ones, problems in marriages because of a spouse unfaithfulness, problems in jobs, problems in, in everyday life. And when I talk to somebody who's strong in the Lord, they say, Jordan, I want to be an example while I'm going through this thing so somebody else can see Jesus Christ in my speech, in my conduct, in my love, in my faith, and keep myself pure as I'm doing what God wills. Because I want Him to be glorified and I want Him to receive the glory as other people see that in my life. May I be an example for other people to follow as I slow down and listen to Him. May I be an example for other people to follow as I lean on His understanding and trust in His Word. That's a good truth for us to follow. Remember, our examples are others to follow. So whatever you're going through right now, people are looking in at your life. And they're wondering, how are you handling this situation? What are you leaning on in this time? Well, the story doesn't stop, though. If we go back, we look at verse 7 in Genesis chapter 16. Now, Hagar's going to run away. Okay? Here's what happens. God tells Abram, you're going to be the father of many nations. He's got a wife named Sarai. She's barren. Sarai gets a plan. She jumps the gun on God's plan. God says, you've got to be patient. Wait for me. Sarai gets a little bit excited. Because she gets a little bit excited, she brings Hagar into the situation. Hagar gets in the situation. They're kind of in a mess right now. And all of a sudden, Hagar sees herself in this situation. And she goes, uh-oh. What do I do? The first thing that she does is what every single other person does in a situation when problems start to erupt. And you're kind of the third person, right? I remember when I was a kid and I was playing with my buddy and him and another friend and, and me, we were kind of in his room, we were playing, you know, like with, with some Transformers or something, you know, sweet like that. And all of a sudden, his mom finds something that he hid from him. And so all of a sudden, I hear, Jim! And me and my other buddy look at each other, we're like, uh-oh, what do we do? And it's an awkward situation because Jim's got to go downstairs and he's going to get disciplined and we're upstairs and we can hear his cries, his pain and, and torment and we're thinking to ourselves, what do we do? We run. <laughs> so we jumped out his window and we were gone, right? I mean, we were, we were out of there. Second story, not that bad because he had a little roof on the, on the edge, so don't worry about it. We're okay. It's exactly what Hagar does. Look at this. Look at the passage, verse 7. The angel of the Lord found her by a spring of water in the wilderness. She ran. I would have run too. <laughs> the spring on the way to Shur. And he said, who's he? Who's he? Angel. Angel of the Lord. Talking the voice, the mouthpiece of God. He says, Hagar, servant of Sarai, why or where have you come from and where are you going? <laughs> what are you doing? 
you got no clothes, you got no food, you got no money, you're sitting out here on a rock, and you're pregnant. What are you doing? Where are you going? She says, and this is funny, because usually God makes us own our mistakes. <laughs> he asked the question, and no doubt the angel of the Lord knew what was going on, but he says, I want you to own your situation right now. She says, well, uh, I'm fleeing from my mistress, Sarai, the angel of the Lord said to her, return to your mistress, submit to her. He also says to her, I'll surely multiply your offspring so that they cannot be numbered for multitude. And the angel of the Lord said to her, behold, you're pregnant, but you're going to have a son. Listen to him start to speak life into her soul. Because no doubt when the angel of the Lord tells her that you have to go back to that place, which is in complete dysfunction, and I'm going to work with you, and I'm going to work... We want to know the details of how that's going to happen. And sometimes God reveals that, and sometimes He doesn't. But here He starts to speak life into her. You're going to call His name Ishmael, because the Lord has listened to your affliction. He shall be a wild donkey. Man, what an encouraging word that is. <laughs> how many of us want somebody, as soon as your, as your kid or your son or daughter is born, to say, look, Mom, look at this beautiful baby that we have brought into, into this earth. And they say, man, that kid's going to be a wild donkey. His hand, shall, his hand against everyone and everyone's hand against him and he shall dwell over all of his kingdom. So she called the name of the Lord and spoke to her. You are the God of seeing. Look, she says, you are the God of seeing some of these things. You know, she says, you are all-knowing, all-powerful, the God of Israel, the God of us. Our God is a living God who knows all things. Surely the Lord doesn't know what situation I'm in. Surely the Lord doesn't see all the distress that I'm in. Surely the Lord doesn't know the frustration that I'm feeling. Surely the Lord doesn't know the bitterness that I'm in. And God says, no, I know. I know. I know. And she says, truly I have seen that which looks after me. 14. Therefore the well was called Baralial, which lies in Kadesh of Berded. And Hagar bore Abram a son. Abram called the name son, whom Hagar bore Ishmael. Abram was 86 years old. Oh, bless the Lord. If I have a kid at 86 years old, I'm not going to be okay. And Hagar bore Ishmael to Abram. What do we see about this? You're taking notes here? We see that Hagar is told, just like Abram is told, just like Sarai is told, that when we reach conflict, you always, 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 write this down, face the problem head on. We don't run. We don't run. We face problems head on. When others slow down and listen to God, it can have consequences for the rest of us. Now, Hagar's just doing what she's told. She's in a situation where she's just doing what she's told. This was Sarai's plan. And it imploded. I am a product of my circumstances. Don't you know that my dad or my mom were mean to me and abused me? Don't you know that this isn't my fault? Don't you know this isn't my problem? Don't you know that this isn't my junk? Like, it's somebody else's. I'm a product of my circumstances. And he says, no, you're not a product of your circumstances. You're a product of the living God who is in you. And I don't care if there's situations and circumstances that are facing in your life where you are looking at and you're thinking to yourself, this is not my problem. I don't have to deal with this problem. God says, no, you need to face this problem head on. Why? Because when we face problems head on, we understand faith and trust a little bit more. We learn something about ourselves and we learn something about the living God. The angel of the Lord says, 
Where have you come from and where are you going? And notice Hagar is running away from God because of the problem of somebody else. She's jumping the gun just like Sarai did and she's going her own way. She's doing the exact same thing that Sarai was doing. She jumped the gun. She said, God, I'm going to validate my own plan. I'm going to do my own thing. I'm going to go. I don't know how I'm going to do this, but I'm going to do this and you're going to be outside of it. And God says, don't you understand that I want to be inside of this. I want to be in all things. I want to work. I want to move in this moment. So God calls Hagar to return and to submit because she's going to give birth to a son. His name is going to be Ishmael. And this means a couple of things. You need to understand this about the text. It will bring great light to whatever situation and circumstance you're in. If you're taking notes, understand that God always hears misery's cry. Ishmael means that God hears misery's cry. So we face problems head on number two because God hears misery's cry. Sometimes it may not feel that a solution is being reached, but God hears. Notice that God heard Hagar. And some of you look at that text and you say, yeah, but she ran away. But look at how God was in her thoughts. She's sitting there obviously distressed. She's sitting there obviously upset. She's probably thinking to herself, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. I don't know what's going to go on. But God hears misery's cry. He sees her in her distress and hears misery's cry. He hears somebody who's hurting. He heard Hagar. He heard Abram. He heard Sarah. He hears all these people in crisis. Number two. Not only does he hear the cry, he has an answer for the hurt. Do you see that in the text? This is what will happen to you. Yes, you're going to have a son. Yes, it was not my original plan for this to happen. But I have an answer for the hurt that you're facing right now. I have an answer for the things that are going on. So he reveals his plan. And she, look at her, she returns to the Lord so they could fulfill the promises of grace and faith. Long story short, a harvest can still be reaped after disobedience. Amen? A harvest can still be reaped after disobedience. We can still obtain the favor of the Lord even if we have been disobedient because the past doesn't dictate our future when we're in the family of God. God knows that we're going to mess up. He understands that we're going to mess up. Does that mean we should mess up? No, we should strive for obedience. But when we fall short, God picks us up and He says, I'm going to help you because I love you and I care for you and I want your best. How do I know that God wants my best? Because love is seeking each other's best. A true definition of love is that person is seeking the other person's best. And God sought our best when He died on the cross for our sins. And He says, far be it that you would have to pay this punishment. I want to pay it for you. Because I'm a perfect God. I want to consume you. I want to be in every part of your life. I want to be in your faith. I want to be in your speech. I want to be in your conduct. I want to be in your homes. I want to be in your relationships. I want to be in your heart. And so we see that a harvest can still be reaped after disobedience. Where are you at? What are you going through? Is it your marriage? Is it your relationships? Is it your job? Is it your family life? Is it a situation that is outside of your control because of a plan that was validated by yourself? What's going on in your life? Where are you at right now in the current situation? Are you thinking to yourself, man, I made a bad business deal. Man, I made a bad choice marrying this person. And God says, no, that's not the case. I can still work through all the problems. You have a spouse maybe that has nothing to do with knowing Jesus Christ. You have kids maybe that are far off from the Lord. Don't give up hope on them. Run to it. 
because we face problems head on. We face them head on because it builds our faith and trust. And so we can gain some things as we conclude. I'm going to give you two more things and then I'm out of your way. God can work through dysfunction. Look at the dysfunction that's taking place in the text. Abram's a hot mess. Sarah is a hot mess. Hagar is a crazy hot mess because she's pregnant. Motion's all over the map, right? And so we got three people that are just a nightmare to deal with. But God works through the dysfunction. Watch it. When we trust and obey. If Sarai, Abram, and Hagar needed to trust God at His word and wait for His solution when patiently enduring the process, we have some truths so that we don't jump the, plan, jump the gun on God's plan. What are those two truths? Number one, write this down. How do we not jump the gun and face a problem head on? First thing, be partakers in the suffering. Don't go to a rock and sit down and think to yourself, Oh, poor me. I can't believe this whole thing's happening to me. Oh, God must not love me. He must not care about me. He must not have my best intentions in mind. That's dumb. <laughs> How many times do our kids do that, right? I've watched, I've watched kids, not my own and others. Something's hit. They had a problem. Usually it's because somebody took their toys. And all of a sudden, they're, they're playing with something. Somebody else came up, grabbed that toy, ran from them. And they go, Oh, my goodness! My life is over! And they hang their head down, grab their blanket, do whatever they have to do, you know, or whatever. Meanwhile, this kid's over here participating in the blessing, and they're looking over going, see what's going on? And the funny thing is, it's the same with adults. The same thing happens with adults. And yes, that wasn't fair, and no, that wasn't right, and you know what? Things should be different. But God says, whatever you're going through right now, whether it was something that you did to deserve this or whether it was something that was outside of your control. And I don't understand why that guy didn't got the raise that you deserved. And I don't understand why this situation happened in your life. And I don't understand why you got your toys taken away or your car broke down or whatever the case may be. And it's outside of your control. God says, I want you to understand that I put you in the suffering for a reason and a purpose. Not so that you would validate your own plans, but so that you would look at me and understand that I'm in control and I have a plan. I understand what's going on. Whether it's our circumstances like Hagar or our decisions like Sarah, we are called to suffer and participate in it knowing that God is in control and at work for the good of those who love Him. That's Romans. That God is at work for the good of those who love Him. First, or 2 Timothy chapter 1.8. Let me share some scripture with you. Share in the suffering for the gospel, for the power of God who saved us and called us out of a holy calling. Let me tell you something, church. One thing I know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God is calling us to do is stand up for our faith and declare with full obedience that we know Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. That His death and resurrection on the cross has changed us. And so when a world is looking for answers, we point back to Jesus. And it's going to get less and less popular. And the thing about it is, it doesn't have to get less and less popular. Because the more the people of God raise their voice and say, it is the power of the cross that I live. The more the world has no idea what we're talking about and has a choice to either accept it or reject it. Come down off my soapbox for a second. And understand that there is something that's going on in your life. And the, the Bible tells us so clearly that the desire of God's heart is that we go back to Him instead of validate our own plan and listen to that which is of the world. Number two, while you're participating in the suffering, going through a situation, facing that situation head on, I want you to be thankful. 
So the first thing that we see there, how not to jump the gun, is be participators in the suffering. I understand your situation's hard. I understand you're going through some things. I understand it's not fair. I understand that maybe it's your fault. Maybe it wasn't your fault. But I want you to be thankful for the Lord because He's still in control. Did you eat today? Yep. Not yet. Maybe some of you are like, no, I missed breakfast. Well, we're going to feed you in just a little bit. <laughs> be thankful. You got clothes on your back? Be thankful. You got a story to tell about God has come and revived you and restored you? Be thankful. An attitude is that of gratitude. God has never abandoned, and nor did he abandon Abram. He doesn't abandon Sarai, and he doesn't abandon Hagar. All three of them are still there. All three of them are still in that moment. And he loves them. And he says, I want you to be grateful. Hagar, you're going to be thankful that God has given you a son, and he's going to do something with that son. He's going to be a wild donkey, but that's okay. At least you can be thankful for him. Abram, stop listening to women for a second and grow some leadership. I'm with you. I know what's going on. I'm thankful for you. I want you to be thankful. Sarai, you got to slow down and be patient, sweetheart. And you got to listen to the Lord. Each one of us can identify one person in that story. If not all three. Colossians tells us if we're thankful in the sufferings of the problems we're facing and experiencing head on, not validating our own plans, but slowing down and listening to the Lord, then Colossians tells us that the peace of Christ will rule in our hearts. You want to have peace? You want to have joy? Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called, and be thankful. And be thankful. God gives His greatest battle to his strongest soldiers. And he must think you are pretty special in his eyes if you are going through a circumstance right now. Whether it was something you caused or whether it was something that's completely out of your control that you didn't cause. God says, I want you to understand that I am in this circumstance. I am in this situation. And I'm looking for you to lean away from yourself and lean back on my understanding. How do we avoid jumping the, plan, jumping the gun on God's plans? First thing, be patient in the trials and anxious for nothing. Live as an example of a faithful servant who trusts in the Lord. Face your problems and things that are going on right now head on. Trust God is in control. He'll be there to help you through the process. Even when everything feels out of your control, which I'm sure some of you are experiencing that right now, remember God hears misery's cry. He hears your prayer. He hears your concern. He hears your voice. It's funny, and we'll close with this. My kids could be in a room full of other kids. I'm watching some of our kids play even here today. My kids could be in a room full of other kids. And moms will be over on the other side. Maybe it's over here today, and you'll see this picture happen. You'll see all the kids over here at the playground. And moms will be over there talking, and they'll look over every now and again. And they'll go, hey, honey, don't climb on the fence, okay? We don't, we don't do that. And they're like, whatever. I love what happens when dad shows up. See, because mom said it a couple of times. Hey, hon, let's not jump, let's not play on the fence, okay? It's, it's a little dangerous or whatever. Let's not climb on the side of that. And dad may be over here, and, and he sees what's happening. And he says, don't climb on the fence! <laughs> and you watch all the kids go, whoop! And this has happened once with our kids. 
And I listened to another kid, and he says, that's your dad. <laughs> and my daughter goes, I know. Because we can hear, she hears her dad's voice. She knows her dad's voice. Well, mom's voice sometimes gets drowned out. Children always know their father's voice. Do you know your father's voice? Do you know your heavenly father's voice by what he says in his word? She hears misery's cry. He has an answer for every situation and circumstance. Sometimes it's in you, sometimes you know it, sometimes you don't. But the real question is, will we be obedient to it? Church, will we be obedient to it? Let's take whatever you're facing here today and let's give it over to the Lord. Spend some time praying with me here this morning. Father God, I don't know what's going on in the life of our people here today. I don't know their situation. I don't know their circumstance. I don't know if they were like Sarai and they, they validated their own plan. I don't know if they did that. I don't know if they jumped the gun on your plans and they, they're trying to justify what's going on. I don't know if they're the cause of the problem. Or if there's somebody who who just is kind of like Hagar. They're just kind of in the mix. And and they look at it and go, I, I, didn't, I didn't do anything to, to deserve this. I don't know how I got here. I just, I just was doing my thing. I don't know where you're at, what situation, what circumstances you're facing in your life, but, but I just want to encourage you here this morning. Would you give that over to the Lord here today as we're sitting on His lawn, in His house, in His world that He created for you because He loves you? Would you give it over to Him this morning? Would you just say, God, I trust in your control. Maybe for some of you, you've never experienced a relationship with Jesus Christ. Your move in this moment is to confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that Jesus Christ is Lord and be saved. Trust in Jesus Christ. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. His way will be a hard way, but it will be worth it. He will love you through the problems in your life. He'll love you through the pain in your life. He'll love you through the misfortunes in your life. He'll be there as a source of comfort and joy the more you lean on His Word. For those of us who know Jesus Christ, for those of us who have a relationship with Him in your circumstance, give it over to Him. Say, God, I trust you today. I trust you with my life, Jesus. I trust you with my situation, Jesus. I understand you have this situation in your hands. I understand you have this situation in control. What is it that you're facing? You need to give it over to the Lord. What does it mean to give it over to the Lord? It means you tell the Lord your problem like Hagar. You talk to him. You say, God, this is the problem. This is the, this is the circumstance. This is the thing that is outside of my control. I don't know why I'm here. But I do know you hear my voice. Would you give it over to the Lord here today? Would you pass it off to the King of Kings? Put it in his hands, outside of your hands. And trust him with it. Whisper in his voice. Whisper to him say God I trust you with this situation Lord we praise you because you're the king of kings the creator of the sun the moon the stars the field that we sit in we praise you Lord Jesus because you are our Messiah our king of kings we repent of our sins Father God the ways that we've done our own thing we've had our own path we put ourselves on our own plan. 
And so we repent, God, even now, even here in this place, we repent of ourselves and we put full dependency upon you. We accept you, we trust you, we love you, we praise you, and we yield to you here this morning. Let us hear your voice with our ears. Let us see your plan with our eyes. Let us trust that with our heart. And let us celebrate all the victories together. And all God's people said, Amen. Lord bless you. Thank you for listening to the Community Gospel Church Podcast. If you would like to support this ministry financially, simply log on to communitygospelchurch.com and click the Contribute tab.